MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP for your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. That's right, we've got an app now. Just go ahead and enter SGPN into either the App Store or the Google Play Store and download that app today. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, including my associate host who's not allowed to talk yet, but happy Father's Day to him as well. Uh, episode 48, I usually dedicate it to a person based on the number, but we'll just dedicate it to all you degenerate fathers out there. Uh, who spent your Father's Day sitting in front of a television or multiple televisions, sweating out your horrible degenerate bets. Hopefully you picked the Suns. But, um, or for you degenerate fathers out there who lost your children's college uh, education savings because you followed our picks last night at UFC uh, Vegas 29. So this is dedicated to all of you. Um, I would be your host, Jeff Fox. Hello. Um, you're coming to the podcast as a, another host of another podcast I listen to, likes to say. Um, this is episode, like I said, episode 48. We are on our own feed now. If you're not listening to us on there, please do. MMA Gambling Podcast is the fancy name uh, for the podcast and for the feed. So if you're listening to us on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, try to, uh, if you could pop over to our dedicated feed and subscribe to us there that would be appreciated because we're not going to be on the main main feed for much longer i keep saying that it sounds like i'm 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 crying wolf but through i swear we're not gonna be on there for much longer so um i do have an associate co-host like i said um i always like to tell you about how tough he is before I, i've that's become a new thing is to talk up how tough he is uh, my introductions for him have really um progressed over the episodes and now it's become like he's the toughest man in the world. It's going to be like the Chuck, those old Chuck Norris uh, jokes you used to hear, but he is the toughest dad around. His kids can truly say my, my dad can beat up your dad. When his kids go to school, they definitely can say that my dad would beat up your dad because he's the purple belt. Damn it. And he's the king of the go-go plata. And his name is Daniel Gumball Reeland. Why, why do they call you Gumball? I've always wanted to call you, uh, ask you why, why is your why name they- Gumball? It's it's Gumby. Oh, I thought it was Gumball. Uh, yeah, Gumb- so yeah. Gumball or Gumbo. I thought it could be no, Gumbo. Uh, it, it is. So for for anybody who did wonder why, because we love nicknames on this show too. That, we do. That's worth oh, noting. I forgot him. Juicy Jeff. Juicy Jeff. Juicy Fox. Jeff. Yeah, Juicy. Although maybe, maybe yeah, after screwed this us week, last you don't. Week. Yeah, you don't want to be juicy anymore. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, uh, yeah, for for anybody who's ever wondered, I am uh, Gumby Breland because. Uh, despite weighing weighing quite a bit more than 200 pounds, uh, I weigh a, a little bit more than than 200 pounds, standing a little bit taller than six feet tall. I'm still smaller than Jeff, because Jeff's what are you six six? 
Yeah, six five and three quarters. But yeah, we'll go to six six five and six three quarters. I, I'm about six two six three somewhere in that range, uh, and way over two hundred pounds. And despite that, uh, I can uh, feed myself cereal using my feet and pick my foot up to my nose and touch it to my nose without using my hands. Uh, so I'm I'm real gumby. <laughs> Listen to this guy brag. I think it got a little. Is that a, uh, is that a bragging point? Like you picking up ladies with that? Like I can eat I, cereal without yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ladies, men, whatever you're into, Dan. It's um, that's interesting. Interesting humble brag you got there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you talk first. You talk about how big you were. Oh, I'm so big and strong. Well, I did you, say you were bigger than me. Eh, whatever. I didn't give you that. At least. I'm way older than you too. So I have old man strength. <laughs> old man strength. So. Um, yeah, um, I forgot to mention the mediocre boys are back too. For those of you who missed us, um, we're mediocre real mediocre. Day. We're real mediocre. <laughs> the mediocre Jeff is was around a couple weeks ago. Mediocre Dan. It's been uh, what four weeks I think since we've it's, seen. It's mediocre been a Dan. minute since it's been a minute since mediocre Dan has been here, but he we is had back. Ten and four, <laughs> eight and four, and then he was five and five. So yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a few events since we've had mediocre Dan in our presence. But mediocre Dan is here. Mediocre Jeff is here as well. Because it was a, quite a mediocre event last night. Uh, I'm going to blame the whole event. I'm going to say the whole event was mediocre. It's getting everyone's getting the mediocre brush today because I was not happy. Started off happy watching it, and then I got really, really grumpy as the event went on. But we'll tell you about that um, in due time. I want to tell you about WinBet first. I like to get these ad reads out of the way. Um, our lovely sponsors. Let's tell you about WinBet. They're bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. Um, yeah. Should we get right into it or you want to talk about something else first before we, we dissect how bad we did? Did you watch I mean, like- Tough? Did you watch Ultimate Fighter? I still haven't caught up on that Ultimate oh, Fighter Lord. episode. I might double dip on Tuesday. Is when I wow. Might then, we'll, then, on, gonna, then on Wednesday night, we're really going to have some stuff to talk about. He's going to so, OD. So my previous, my previous prediction that uh, Trishon Gore wins by knockout is still kind of just hanging in the balance for me. Like, he still might have already won by knockout That's on true. a tape delay last week from three weeks ago. But uh, that prediction could still come true for me. Uh, but no, I, I haven't watched Tough yet. I will say, if you want to, you want to shoot the shit about some other MMA. There was a weird ass PFL event. Yes, on. I haven't made it to the main event. I started watching it. I haven't made the main event, but I heard. Don't just don't was, just don't watch it. Just don't watch was it. Was it really bad? Was it like it's a really boxing, boxing level decision? Like, um, or was the decision bad, or was the fight bad, or both? Um, it, so I wouldn't say the fight was awful. Uh, Rory, Rory McDonald, McDonald we're talking about Rory McDonald and Gleason Tebow. Go ahead. R- Rory McDonald looked like Rory McDonald. Like he he put a beating on Gleason Tebow, but like the way that like Rory McDonald does, where like he he doesn't quite pour it on the way that you kind of wish he would. Like you, you with, that's kind of always been the knock on him, right? Like he had right. his moments in that Robbie Lawler fight, but like never tried to pour it on. And then when Robbie got his moment, he really poured it on. So. Uh, that, that kind of, you know, Rory Mack was still there, uh, but he had his moments and he looked good. And I thought he won. I, I had it 30, 27. I didn't even give Gleason T-Bow a round. And then somehow two judges gave him two out of three. It was, it was 
very surprising. So much so Gleason Tebow has come out and said it was a surprising decision. Well, there you go. Uh, um, yeah, I haven't watched it yet, so I can't. I don't know if I eventually will get to it or not. But, you but, did yeah, get to, um, but that means if you watched earlier in the card, you did get to see yep. filthy Tom Lawler win and retire simultaneously. I didn't watch the prelims, so <laughs> no, oh, I didn't. See that. <laughs> it was like a great I'm moment. Not like you. The only I know, thing I heard. That, the only thing that bummed me out about that moment, though, is I will say, and this hurt me a little bit, is he. So he he won. He was like crying. And he, like, took off the gloves and left him in the ring. And I was like, man, what a touching moment for a guy who's given us, you know, he, he's not a legend of the sport by any stretch of the imagination, but he has given us some wars. He's put really good fights on. And to just, like, let him go out on his own terms just, like, felt really good, you know, because nobody gets, nobody, nobody chooses their ending at the end of their MMA career, right? So he does that, and he puts his gloves down. And then the announcers just casually mention, Tom Lawler currently sitting at fourth place in the light heavyweight division. He is currently yeah, qualified know, exactly. for the playoffs. And I was like, no, <laughs> he got his moment. Let him have it. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's like the mob, Dan. You think you're out and they suck you back in. So He, he did um, it. For, for those who don't know, he did eventually fall out of the playoff rankings and is not going to fight again. So he, he did get his moment. But there was like a moment where they felt like they were stealing that from me. Yes, if you if you want to see him now, you're gonna to have to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong every Friday night. He is the champ of the American division of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Have you seen what he wears when he wrestles, Dan? I can only imagine because that dude like, is an animal. <laughs> he wears uh like uh, short short jean shorts, like super tight short short jean shorts, like <laughs> way, like uh, basically almost speedo uh, size jean shorts and, and like big uh, high boots. So yeah, it's pretty funny. So that yeah, surprises me not at all because I no. will tell you that I once um so I was going to a Bellator fight in oh man this has got to be so long ago uh it was I only remember it was it had to have been Bellator and we were barely in double digits like um probably like Bellator like forty eight or something like that and you guys can go back and look up when uh, Bellator fought in Uncasville Connecticut back in it had to have been twenty ten or twenty eleven. And he was cornering somebody for that fight along with Seth Petrozelli, the guy who knocked out Kimbo. And, uh, you know, like you're in a casino and, you know, like whatever. There's some people going to the fights and there's some people, you know, just going to the casino. So everybody's dressed up semi-nice, but, I mean, it's not like the nicest casino in the world, but semi-nice. And we saw some guy in, like, cut-off jean shorts that, like, barely made it past their crotch. And, like, yeah, that's he what he was, <laughs> and, and he was And he was barefoot. <laughs> I was like, yes. who the – I, like, looked down the hall, and I was like, who the hell is that? And my older brother was like, I think that's Tom Lawler. And then we realized it was Seth Petrozelli walking with him, and we realized they must have been cornering somebody. But, like, he was just walking through the casino with no shoes on. <laughs> and guess what? It shows how – what kind of freak Dan is? It was Belter Forty Eight was in Uncasville, Connecticut. Boom! It was August twentieth, twenty eleven, the Mohegan Sun. So you, uh, you nailed it. Man, Crazy. I wasn't even that far off at all. Look at the intern getting on that one quick too. What was the main event, Dan? Uh, Marlon Sandro got knocked out by Pat Kern in the finals yes. of the featherweight Grand Prix, You're which right. then led Pat Kern to fight. Did he fight, fight Patricio Pitbull for the the championship and won the title? Maybe now, if I, now I gotta I look up. through to that. I'm looking Pat, it up. You keep talking. Uh, Pat, Pat Curran won Warren. the title. Oh, he fought Joe Warren, the most dangerous man on earth. 
<laughs> and then he beat Patricio, and then he beat Shalabat, Shalabulat, Shamhalev. Shamhalev, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> then he lost to Daniel Strauss. Yeah, he had an amazing career. I feel like not enough people talk about Pat Curran. Nope, um, true. But that knockout was sick. If anybody is uh, a weirdo and likes to watch very old MMA fights, Go back and find a highlight of that head kick because that head kick is sick. Sick. <laughs> also on that, also on that fight card. Tell me if I'm wrong because you got it open, right? Yeah. On that fight card, uh, Cole Conrad, who I think is the most underrated heavyweight in the history of MMA, uh, beat pa- Paul Buenatello. He did. He beat Paul Buenatello, and he decided not to use his wrestling to prove a point and outboxed him, uh, despite the fact he was like a world, like a NCAA champion wrestler. That's why you people come here, right? Because I have right? this kind of knowledge just in the back. Of my Dan, head. Is, Dan is telling you about Bellator from it was officially almost ten years ago, August twentieth. So ten in two months it'll be ten years old, and Dan is telling you what happened on this basically meaningless. I guess it was meaningless. It had the featherweight tournament final, but. Yes, and, and it drew 226,000 viewers on MTV2, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but I was there in person. <laughs> so exciting. That was before I – that's when you had to pay, right? That was before you were – I was thinking that's, yeah, that's, for free. Although I think – was I writing for you yet then? Over Maybe. That manifesto? Maybe. I, that's got to be right around the start if it was. But I, I did go to that one and paid money. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um now, this is just us killing time, so we don't have to talk about how bad we did. But I guess we should talk about how bad we did. Now, let's, let's talk about Coors Light first, all right? That's, that's much better to talk to uh, talk about than uh, than how mediocre we were. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, and expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to churn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light is made to chill. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look. Delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Oh, and, and as always, celebrate responsibly. Okay. Sounds like I've been celebrating irresponsibly today the way I'm talking, but all right, let's, uh, let's break her down. Um, we're talking about Korean zombie versus Ige, which last minute they seem to change it to Jung versus Ige, but whatever. It's got a million different names, of course, as these always do. Um, main event, Dan got right. I got wrong. Um, open opener. I got right. Dan got wrong. That's it. The rest of us, the rest of the car, we were identical on. So we ended up a very mediocre five and seven. I ended up down 290 bucks because we bet 100 bucks in every fight, of course. Dan ended up down 329 bucks. Dan hit his lock. I missed my lock, so that, that hurt even worse. Who, who, so, is, who is my lock? Your lock was Sergey Spivak, who I thought was going to lose, but then, of oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. old man gassed out. So um, so Dan's 7-7 seven seven on locks, so he's brought himself up to 500. I'm down to 9-5 and five on the locks. And then for overall for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna you're only two, for you. <laughs> only two games behind. Uh two games behind me in the in the playoff spot there. Um overall record I am at fifty five percent, still Dan's at fifty three, so we haven't that didn't move at all, but um Should I ask yeah. you about the money money leader? Money oh, it's gotten worse. 
yikes, it's almost a thousand bucks difference between us now. Unless Boom! I just, <laughs> no, it couldn't, no, it couldn't have gotten worse. I just didn't pay attention, I guess, last week. Yeah. Um, Dan's down 2300 I'm down 3200 So not good, Daniel. Not good at all. But, um, but, but, but less not good for me. Yes, less not good for you. Very, very good English for multiple degree, man. Less not good. <laughs> all right, main event. I got wrong. You got right. Chen Sung Jung is not – well, uh, I kind of got it right. Dan uh, Ige is um, super durable and scrappy and impossible to finish, so I got that part right. Um, but uh, Mr. Zombie, comma, Korean, the, is not um, washed as of yet. He um, quite tentative to start the fight, both of them, um, and then he got it going. Not a super exciting fight, but um, – Mr. Zombie got the 48-47, win. Um, he got, what, a 10-8 round in there. Um, your thoughts. Go right ahead. You got it um, right, so you can brag. I, I got it right, and I will say this, is that you're right. The The striking seemed about 50-50. It was maybe not all that exciting of a striking match, especially from what you've come to expect from Korean Zombie, right? Or even what you've come to expect for Danny Gay. Right. But I do, I, I do really want to bring back to a point that I made on the, the last episode that I, I feel really good about is that I said that if this does wind up 50-50, and I did give the nod to Korean Zombie striking-wise, I thought he was a little bit better. He may have actually been a little bit worse, but I will say this. I said if it doesn't work out for him on the feet, he's got the grappling. Right, like right. the grappling to me was Korean Zombie over everybody, uh, over Danny Gay, and actually over most people in that division. I actually think his grappling amongst the top guys in that division, with the exception of maybe uh, Brian Ortega, is probably better. And it showed in this fight, right? Like that was the big knock here on Danny Gay is that like Danny Gay definitely can box with Korean Zombie definitely couldn't stuff his takedowns. Um, and once he was on the bottom, he had some ideas, but, like, couldn't execute any of them. Um, and, and, yeah, not terribly exciting. Did I have to ask you, though, when when you were watching this fight, either live or on replay or whenever you watched it, how close did you have this fight? Because I see that, like, one judge gave Dan Ige two rounds, and I I could not find two rounds that I would give to Dan Ige in that fight. Yeah, I'm trying to think back. Um, it wasn't a close fight if you're just scoring the fight on a whole like they used to do back in what Pride or whatever. But um, he, he clearly didn't win the fight. Maybe you could have made a case for him to win a round. Um, yeah, I, not, I thought maybe, too, maybe the first. But even that, I thought, like, like even the rounds that I did, the round that I did score for Danny Gay, I was like, that totally could have been Zombie's round. Like, I thought ulti- my score was 50-45 at the, at the end, and, and to see that many judges give it to Ige was, or, or you know, any rounds to Ige was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, he clearly wasn't wasn't winning the fight or, or going to win it, really. Um, it, it became pretty obvious that it was not in the cards for me um, with that fight. So what do you think this uh, – does this do anything for the zombie stock at all? Uh, it doesn't change in my performance rankings on MMA-Manifesto that I run, which are based off performance, the most recent performance, who they fought if they finished on that type of thing, he's still in fifth place. He, has, he hasn't moved. This, this, um, this basically just, uh, he's treading water after this. Yeah. Game. And, 
it, it's hard for him in to to move in either those rankings or the official rankings too. Because right. if you look ahead of him, ahead of him in the UFC's official rankings is y- Yair Rodriguez, right? Uh, yeah. Who who's knocked him out semi recently? Um, and ahead of that is Brian Ortega, who just styled on him. So like, yep. he he was talking in his post fight interview or you know like after the fight about wanting to move up. Like, the, there's nowhere for you to move up right now. There's there's nobody for you to fight up except for rematches. And I, I don't know if enough time has passed for those rematches or if there's enough, like, demand for those rematches. I for sure would watch him fight Yair Rodriguez. Like, like I think another – like, because I think he won that fight until Yair Rodriguez landed that weird elbow. Um, so, like, I'd watch that rematch, but Yair seems to be rebooked with Max Holloway soon. You know, yep. Brian Ortega is fighting Volkanovski. That's it. Those are the only four people in front of you. So, yep. I, I think he's probably going to get another guy like Dan Ige. Uh, maybe Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, and it sucks that he won and beat number eight as number four and is going to be given number seven. Or, yeah. hell, you know who I'd really like to see him fight? Is I'd love to see him fight uh, Giga Chikadze. Sure. Uh, and I, I, you know, and he's lower than Dan Ige, but like, is he worse than Dan Ige? Probably not, right? Like, he's more fun striking. His takedown defense is probably better. So, like, I, I'd like to see Giga Chikaze or Edson Barboza or like I was just any say of those. that one. Yeah, Barboza. Oh, Ed, yeah, that would be fun. Like, and like Barboza fought Ige and lost, but like I, I say lost in quotation marks. I scored that fight for Edson Barboza. So, like, uh, I think Giga Chikadze would be the better pick. I would say Giga Chikadze and, and Arnold Allen are options one and one A, and then Edson Barboza is option two. There you go. Sure. Works for me. I will I will watch. Well, I, I, I'm uh, forced to watch at this point, so <laughs> um, that, like, I'll watch whatever that, you Anything he's in is, is entertaining. And yeah. If you give him – if you yeah. give him a striker who's going to try to defend takedowns and do so better than Ige did, like yeah. it, it would be watchable. Yes, definitely. Um, co-main event not really watchable. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it was all right. It was two two big guys grappling. I thought we were going to lose uh, at one point, um, but um, Alexio. The end of the first. Yes, the end of the first. <laughs> yeah. As per usual, Olenek <laughs> <laughs> did did good in the first, and then uh, and Spivak. Um, uh, he didn't really beat him clearly. He uh, he edged past him, I would say, um, the last two rounds. Um, I don't think it really did much for his stock, though, um, Spivak's stock going forward. It's You know, it's a quality win, but uh, it's not like he, he opened eyes or anything after that performance. No, I, I don't think so either. And, and the, the question I have, too, is just like, where does he he fit? Because he, he is on a three-fight winning streak. Right. But it's like a weird majority decision over Carlos Felipe where one judge had it a draw. And to be honest, I think I had it a draw. Um, he TKO'd Jared Vandera, um, which I, I don't know. Is that a quality win? Vandera looked pretty good his last time out, I guess. And then he decisioned Alexi Olenek by basically saying, no, I won't grapple with you, Alexi. You have to box with me. And when anybody does that to Alexi Olenek, they beat him. And he had that loss before to Marcin Tybura, that loss before to Walt Harris, that, you know, I guess he beat Tai Tuivasa in there. But, like, none of his fights have looked in a way where I was like, oh, yeah, like, buckle me up for 
Sergey Spivak versus Tom Aspinall, or give me Sergey Spivak versus Chris Dawkins. Like he's young and he's got time, but like man, he he needs like a decent signature win in there. Maybe somebody like Arlovsky. Like maybe maybe Andre Arlovsky's next. Oh, you're offering up your boyfriend to get sacrificed to the polar bear. No, he's he's, he's, he's I mean? just he's just usually the one who turns away the prospects that aren't prospects. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and he's not even like a that much of a chunky guy. I guess he's a chunky guy. I was gonna say he's not that much of a chunky guy either. So he's a blubbery he's, guy. Yeah, he doesn't have much going. Well, polar bear. There you go. Uh, doesn't have much going for him. So. Um, um, the, my takeaway from the fight is my son's like, hey, you look just like Alexi Olenek. I'm like, Oof. don't. I know. He's like, you have the same hair. You have the same hair. If you cut your That's hair Alexi shorter. Alexi Olenek? Yeah. You have the you same your... hair as Alexi Olenek? I know. It's, he's like, what's, who's that old guy? And then he's like, hey, he looks like you. And I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. And then he's like, if you cut your hair a little shorter, then you'll be just like him. And he's like, except he's skinnier. I'm like, oh, you're awesome. <laughs> He's really. Also, you have, you have a sizable height advantage on Alexio Olenek. I feel yes, like it's true. <laughs> he would destroy me in a fight. Let me tell you. But yes, yeah, he's um, a good grappler. <laughs> yeah, he is a good. He he almost. Uh, I thought he was going to get that choke in. He he was going for his yeah. signature choke at one point, but he had me sweating a little bit there. Yes. Yeah. And then after that, he was like a fish out of water the rest of the fight. So he's, that's another good piece of breakdown that we had there too. Not to toot our own horn in a week where we have no business tooting our own horn, but hey, we got this one right, dude. We, we said, we said Spivak would absolutely wear out Alexio Linick because yep. Linick needs a takedown and he needs to finish it on that takedown because he's going to be too tired for a second takedown. And that's what happened. Like he didn't get the first one. He didn't get the sub on the first one. He didn't have enough energy for the second one. Yep. Um, maybe the fight seemed a little boring because the fight before it was a killer. It was a banger. Um, Marlon Vera beat Davy Grant via unanimous decision, 29-27, 29-28, 30-26. 20, so another one of those scorecards all over the place, which just annoys me when I, I see scorecards all over the place here. Um, but, yeah, this was a heck of a fight. We got it wrong. Uh, Davy Grant got um, bloodied up, but it was it was a it was a damn good fight. Yeah, I actually think the fight was a lot closer than people realize too. Because first of all, thirty twenty six yeah. is a farce. That that's a terrible scorecard. Yep. I had round one for Davy Grant clearly. Yeah, I, I think, think so. round I think round two you could flip a coin on. I realize they, all three judges gave it to Marlon Vera, but I, I think you could flip a coin on round two. Dave, you could make an argument that Davy Grant won that round. I think that, isn't I, that where he – sorry to interrupt. Isn't that where he, he cut him open, though? I, I think yeah. that, that probably played into it. Uh, I think and Grant I, outstruck him. Like, he, he had more strikes landed, but I think Vera did the damage, so that probably won it for him. And Vera had a good position at the end, too. Right. That's the other thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think both those played a factor, but if you score that round as a whole, which you're supposed to do, um, mm-hmm. yep. I, I, I actually think Davy Grant had an argument to win that round. And then I did score the last round 10-8 for Marlon Vera. When when they went to judges' scorecards, I thought there was a realistic possibility that this went to draw. Um, so to see 30-26 was a little wrong to me because, first of all, you could score – like the, the 29-27 went, made sense to me, right? Because you just gave the second round to Vera in what I thought was a coin flip and then it gave him a 10-8. The second judge not giving Vera the 10-8 was stupid, and the third judge giving Vera the first round was also stupid. Um, but, like, you know, Davy Grant can't be too too upset with the fact that he didn't win that fight. 
Um, because I do think Vera looked really good in the third and good enough in the second. But uh, plus they win an extra 50K because um, this was yep. by far, and nothing was even close to fight of the night. Um, no. Maybe maybe Chaos Williams, Matthew Samelisberger. But yeah, like this yeah, was, was pretty good. That was pretty good. But this one was was top notch here um, in a hell of a fight. Um, I'm a little bummed for Davy Grant because at his yeah. age, it feels like there's no rebound here. You know what I mean? No, probably like, not. He's 36. Like, this is his last run. And, like, he'll stick around for a while longer. But, like, he was talking about being top 15 and getting some big-name fights and, like, maybe a headline in a card. And, like, he ain't going to do that now, probably. No. So what about Vera? This actually dropped him in my rankings because some of his – um, bigger pass performances are farther uh, away now, um, so he gets less credit for those. So he's dropped from like eight to around eleventh now in my rankings. But so he's still generally the same range, but um, it hasn't really propelled him up. What, what do you think happens with him next? You know, I think he's still got to fight another unranked opponent. As yeah. long as I'm being honest, because like, did he win this fight? Yeah, but he looked not great against the 36 year old dude. He's coming off a loss to Jose Aldo. He's got that win over Sean O'Malley, but even that, like, people are kind of talking about as, like, not being all that impressive. He lost to Song Dong, who's not ranked anymore, and, like, say what you want about that decision. But, again, like, he doesn't have a lot of big-name wins if you take that Sean O'Malley one away, right? Like, his best win outside of that is Andre Ewell. Yeah, and, and, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, and I like Andre Ewell, but, like, not not in the way that I like like, really like fighters. So, I mean, like, I'd say give him somebody unranked. Like, I know Randy Costa and Adrian Yanez are already booked, but somebody of that caliber? Um, has he fought Ricky Simon before? Hmm. Like, that, that that kind of fits the bill. Rick, Ricky Simon's another guy who, like, probably should be ranked, but isn't because he lost that stupid fight to Uriah Faber. Right. Um, like the, like both of those could both of those guys could use each other. So I, I'd take Marlon Vera versus Ricky Simon. Yeah, that hasn't happened. I checked the intern. Checked. I mean, um, yeah. intern signed his fucking game today. You got it, dude. <laughs> you, you got it. Um, all right. Who else was on their game? Uh, Sing Woo Choi was on his game. He looked fantastic when uh, destroying Julian Juicy J Arosa. In a minute 37, another fight that we got wrong. Um, Choi was way faster than him. Uh, I think that, that was the main takeaway here was how fast he was compared to, to Rosa. Yeah, well, I would say that's a big takeaway. Sungwoo Choi looked not not just fast comparatively, but incredibly fast, period. Like, he, he looked really fast. And that, you know, like, I think I kind of wrote him off after his two losses to kick off his career. But yeah. looking back, those are to Mozart, Evloev, and Gavin Tucker. He hasn't really lost to a striker in his whole career, so to speak. So, like, the other thing I will say that I took away from this fight other than his speed is just Arosa's durability was not what I thought it was. Like, no, I yeah. thought, yeah, I thought he could take a punch really well. And he he got hit really. I, I mean, it wasn't a bad strike, right? Like like Sung Woo Choi came with the noise, but like to take all of those punches from Sean Woodson and not get knocked out, and like he took three rounds of abuse from Grant Dawson, who's now a lightweight and is a beast, and didn't get knocked out. He's an actual beast, though. Like and like 
I just, I thought he was going to be more durable than that, and he certainly wasn't, and that cost us that pick. Um, no, I'm blanking on what I was going to totally say there, which isn't good. Um, oh, I, I know what I was going to say. It's almost as if, like you're talking how Rosev, like normally is so durable, it's almost as if he was under some kind of curse going into this fight. You know, I, I saw this on Twitter. <laughs> you're, you're really pushing the, the, <laughs> the top turtle curse. Because this week, by the way, Top Turtle guys did not do well. Because uh, not only did we have uh, Julian Arosa, but Alexa Kamer, who we'll talk about in a second, didn't win. Yep. And actually, if you go back, there are a couple other people who lost on the different parts of the card. Like Danny Gay has been on the Top Turtle podcast. Right. Davey Grant's been on the Top Turtle. Although, then again, Marlon Vera has. We do have a couple of winners in there. Matt Brown and and Rick Glenn have both been on the show, but I think it's a more recent also, thing. It's more yeah, of a recent you're, thing. You're talking more recent things, and and yeah, we, re, recently hasn't been good. But I will say, two episodes ago, both Marcin Tibera and Claudio Puelles uh, both look good. So I'm I'm gonna hang my hat on that recently. Um, but yeah, th- this past week wasn't good. Yeah, you just Dan's worried he's gonna have trouble getting gas uh, if I keep pushing. I'm going to scare guys away, but people get in car accidents after they talk to you. People oh, get flatlined. You're still by... blaming me for Frank Camacho. No, I'm not blaming. I'm just, I'm just stating that's what happened. Shortly after he spoke with you, he got in a car accident. Um, shortly after Julian Rosa spoke to you, uh, a fast Korean boy uh, knocked him out. So that, that You could call that a car accident, too. Yeah, actually. it was. <laughs> no kidding. Um, another car accident was in the fight before, but we actually started off the main car with, with a lot of fire. We got this one right. Middleweights, Bruno, the middleweight Silva, um, starch Wellington Terman. I was getting a little nervous um, or sweating, as as degenerate gamblers like to say, because Terman was um, looking pretty good, at least grappling-wise against Silva. Starting with then Silva laid into him and flatlined him uh, with ground and pound, which was very impressive. Yeah, I couldn't believe he knocked him out from guard. Um, yep. Or, or oh, like, so yeah, plus I, I guard, mean, excuse me. Yeah, he was ground and pound yeah. from guard. And it might have been, like, he passed to some more advantageous positions. Uh, I think Terman's submission attempts off of his back look good. Um, but we, we part of the reason why we picked Bruno Silva was the knockouts on his regional team, right? Like, he, he had really good knockouts in M1 Global. And, like, that was enough for us to think that he was for real. So, uh, and, and I think it, it proved its point here. Like, he, he looked really good. And... You know, another piece of my analysis here was if you get knocked out by Andrew Sanchez, a uh, big, powerful Brazilian dude coming off the USADA suspension, probably can also knock you out. So that's what Bruno Silva did here. Um, I will say I'm excited to see him again, though. He was fun to yeah. watch. Yep, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think he pretty much lived up to – maybe it was more octagon jitters for the first few minutes of, of the fight, but um, – yeah, he, he got the job done um, and didn't take him very long either. So definitely uh, lived up to the hype. Um, Matt Brown. Oh, we got this one wrong too. Yikes. Hard Matt, wrong, and I couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Brown starched Diego Lima in the second round, knocked him out cold. It was a walk-off. You don't see very many old uh, welterweights, for that matter, uh, get get walk-off uh, knockouts. So now Matt Brown is tied for the most knockouts in UFC history with two other people. Do you know who he's tied with? Um, 12, I think. 12 knockouts, career knockouts, I believe. 12? 
Man, I did see this stat, and I feel like I'm going to get it wrong now anyway. One of them's a current heavyweight, and one of them... Is it Derek Lewis? Yes, Derek Lewis, and the other okay. one is... other one is, uh, I think he's a celebrity boxer now, which doesn't really... Oh, Anderson it. Silva. Anderson no, Silva. No, Anderson Silva's oh. a real... He beat a real boxer, so I think he's a real boxer that, That's true. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, Anderson Silva true. boxed a real middleweight champion and beat him. And he's, 40, oh. and he's 44 or whatever, 45. Yeah. No, this yeah. this gentleman is also uh, getting into celebrity boxing. Ty, ty, not Tyron Woodley. No, see, it, that's, it's pretty sad that it doesn't limit it, telling there, you that. There's, it, so, there's so many no, celebrity no, boxers. He's going to fight Oscar De La Hoya, this person. Oh, Vitor Belfort. Vitor Belfort. Yeah. So Vitor Belfort. You've been for 150 years. Yeah, so, so that, it's very impressive it. that Matt yeah. Brown's the smallest by far of, of the three. Although of them. Matt Brown's been in the UFC for yes. a fucking long time, too. He was yeah. on Tough 7, the season one by Amir Sadala? 2004, yeah, was when you were yeah, on. Yeah, that, that is a lot. Not 2004, right? Uh, I think that's what it said. I think it's 2008. Um, no, 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 I'm sorry. I think I was in college, so it has to be 2008. Yep, 2008. You're right. Yeah. My mistakes. Yeah, he's been around in the UFC since 2008. So, um, yeah, I, I thought we were going to get this one right, but he turned it on and starched him. I don't know. Not that much. right hand was so good, too. Yeah. He just it really, Did it really, like, show us much about Matt Brown? Like, is he – it's not like he's going to make another run or anything, right? This is probably just I, prolonging I mean, retirement. I don't think he's going to make another run, but the fact that he still has that much power. Right. And, like, like, like not for anything, he's won three out of five, including really? knock, three knockouts. Like, he yeah, knocked out impressive. Diego Sanchez, Ben Saunders, and now Diego Lima. And I will say this, like, the the knockout of uh, Ben Saunders, Ben Saunders is 38 years old now, and granted, when he knocked him out was uh, a year and a half ago, so yeah. he was only, you know, either 36 or 37 at the time. He knocked out Diego Sanchez, who's 140, so that that's also an old guy. He knocked out Diego Lima, who's 32 years old. Like, it, that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Like, it does tell us something about him in that. Matt Brown is not just still knocking out people, but he's he can knock out young people too. Uh, so like, I, or not young? I mean, like, but like youngish people. I think it does tell us something about Matt Brown. Like, he's not gonna be champion. But let, let me ask you this: Do you feel like Matt Brown could possibly make it back into the UFC top fifteen at some point in time? <sighs> does it make you at least think about it? No, not at Welchweight, no. I don't think that's going to happen. Would you, uh, let, me tell you, let, mm. let me ask you something. Would you Would you at least hesitate before picking Santiago Ponzinibbio instead of him? In a fight or, or to vote for either of them? In in a fight. Would, would uh, you, yeah, possibly, yeah. Nah, I, I'm not sure. You're yet. thinking, though. You're thinking, though. Uh, that's all true. I need. I pa- All I, went, I need uh, is that, so yeah, that's true. And that's the that's the number thirteen guy in the world. Now I'm gonna ask you another one. Yeah. Would would you take D- Demian Maya or Matt Brown? Uh, Matt Brown. And Demian Maya's number eleven. Yeah, there you go. that's crazy. <laughs> like he, okay. He right. could be ranked still, and there that's you go. crazy at forty years old in the welterweight division. So, to answer your your original point, like 
I do think it tells us something about Matt Brown. He's crazy dangerous. You know, Dan rests his case. He's immortal, so I guess he's just living up to his nickname. <laughs> we thought it was just out of the cage, but apparently he's in the cage too. So um, so he, he got the performance of the night bonus. Uh, I think he, according to the estimates I posted on MMA-manifesto.com, he was the top earner, earner at the event. And then Singwoo Choi got 50 grand for his uh, knockout we just spoke of. And then, as we said before, Vera and Grant were a fight of the night. So bonuses went to all on the main card. So that wrapped up the main card. Uh, do, do you have any issues with any of those this time? Mm. I usually have issues with the bonuses. I, I think they're right this time. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it seems about right to me, yeah. The only yeah. other ones I, I thought about was maybe Rick Glenn, which we'll talk about in a second, but yeah. like I, I don't know. I, I think even that's probably not as good as these two. I, I think those those picks were right on. Yeah, but we got them both. We got those picks wrong, so I don't really want to say I agree with it. So <laughs> we got Choi and Brown wrong, so forget it. No, <laughs> they were wrong. Um, So that, uh, like I said, that wraps the main card. We'll whip through the prelims in a sec, but I want to tell you about PropSwap first. We are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Uh, recently, a PropSwap customer purchased Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup future for 45 bucks when the team was down 3-1 against Maple Leafs, and a few days later, he flipped it for 600 With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think like the stock market, but for sports betting. So use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And speaking of apps, make sure you download our app, the SGPN app. We are now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. Uh, the app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. So you get notifications every time a podcast is live, so you'll never miss one of our awesome podcasts. And um, when you do download it, please don't forget to toss us an app review and uh, have enjoy the app. I, uh, I'm really like liking the look of it and, uh, and, and how it operates. So definitely check out the SGPN app. All right, um, prelims, we... Uh, got this one wrong. The guy with whose name I don't really want to pronounce. Nagumaranu. 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 Nikolai Nagumaranu. He um, ate everything that looks like came or threw at him and won a split decision. Yeah, but how annoying was the fence grab? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah. my real question. On, like, on offense, he, too. That's strange. You don't see that on offense. Yeah, and like if you took a point after after warning him seven hundred and fifty times, yeah. like the 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 ref did, like he loses this, right? Like yep. it's a clear split loss, and we win, um, and we win. But yeah, like I will say, my the the bummer on this one is that just like Alexa Kamer is very clearly clearly a physically talented individual who just has so much growing up to do in terms of like technique and what he needs to accomplish in the cage because he's I mean he's only 25 years old and he's light heavyweight so that means he can still fight in that division for another 20 years before he feels old right because how old how old's Glover to share and he's fighting for a title in that division soon but like for him to be losing fights to William Knight and Nikolai Negumaranu, 
like it certainly takes a lot of the shine off of his like prospecty status. So I, I'm a little bummed in how this one shook out, just because like I I'd, I'd like to think his technique is better than it is, um, and instead he he just seems to be like sheer force in there. We're not mad. We're just really disappointed in you. I'm just well, disappointed. On, on Father's Day, I just I'm here to tell you that I I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. We are disappointed, <laughs> my son. Um, I'm disappointed we got this one wrong too. I'm not actually disappointed because I like the person who won. Um, so her name's actually pronounced Vina. Is that right? I would say I have, no, I, I have no idea. But they were also saying here her last name was Janji Doba. Yeah, Jan. Yeah, that's right. They, said, they were saying Janji Doba, and I'm looking at her name right now. If that's, if that's Janji Doba, uh, I I don't I think I need to go back to school or I have a bad understanding of how Portuguese is pronounced because so her, that's Jandaroba. That's yeah, Jandaroba. Jandaroba. Yeah. So the R in her first name is silent, and, but and the R in her last name is a D. Is that what you're telling us, announcers? And, and the R is a D. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I said. The R is a D. The, yeah. the, the R is a D, but oh, right. the D Plus is a, a D J. Is a D. Yeah, 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 yeah. The D is a J. The D is yeah. Jan G. Doba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, strange. Anyhow, she she looked, wow, if she can strike like that, ooh, we already were pretty high on her, but if she can strike the way she uh, was striking last night against Kanaka Murata, look out uh, strawweight division. But, but let uh, me ask, why, why didn't it look like that against Mackenzie Dern? Yeah, that's weird, right? Because right? like, she, she fought Mackenzie Dern, and Dern largely outstruck her. So either that yeah. is... She, she clearly made some improvements. She was scared yeah. against Mackenzie Dern. Or is Mackenzie Dern a good boxer? <laughs> like, yeah, it was only half a year ago, too. So yeah, it's, um, it's maybe she made a lot of progress. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I think it helped that she broke her opponent's arm or at least dislocated it in, in the early going. Uh, so she couldn't block anything coming to the left side of her body. Uh, that probably helped a bit. That'll help a bit. I will also say, too, I, I'm I'm really impressed by her takedown defense. I thought Murata was going to take her down more often than that, but but Janji Doba looked very good in defending the She team. sure did, Jan. It's like that's that's her full name now. Her first name is Jan. The last name is D-Doba. Um, <laughs> no, that, that's her middle initial. She's Jan. Her middle, middle name is Doreen, but she goes to Jan D, and her last name is Doba. So that's that's her new name. And that's the name of the web. It always comes naturally. That's that's the name of this episode, Jan, uh, Jan, Jan D. Doba. D. Doba. <laughs> there you go. I, was, I always get worried if we haven't said something stupid that I can make uh, our alt, alternate title. But now we've we've done it. So, um, Murata's a beast, though. She uh, she was going to keep fighting. Um, did, I haven't heard what – we know what happened to her arm. She was in a uh, – it was an arm bar, correct? I, yeah, yeah, she was in, and she was in it forever, and, and she appears to have like sustained damage from it. Yes, yeah. they haven't announced yet. I don't think, right? Whether it's broken, no. dislocated, torn, whatever the deal is. No, not yet. But it was it was unusable, and the uh, doctor uh, realized this just by quickly. Uh, it must something must be actually broken, or dislocated, because he just he barely even felt her arm before telling the uh, the, <laughs> ref, the fight's over. Um, she could not bend it. She could not like lift it to protect her face. <laughs> Uh, via, I don't. I'm not sure if Jan D. Doba realized that, or, or she should have been uh, spamming uh, head kicks to to her or, or uh, right hooks uh, at her face. If if she had known that, I'm thinking she probably didn't know that, or didn't realize that, um, notice that she wasn't blocking at all, or wasn't using her right arm at all. I, I didn't think it looked all that uh, that obvious if you weren't being told it by like yeah. announcers or anything like yeah. that. So like it, it's not super surprising that she didn't know. 
Yeah. So okay. So what's what's next for Jan D. Doba? Because we're talking about a shallow division. The fact that she lost to Mackenzie Dern messes everything up, though, right? Um, I don't like, think so much, though. Because you don't think so? look, look where Mackenzie Dern's ranked up in the the official UFC rankings, right? Like she's all the way up to number six now. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and, and whatever you want to call her, the, the Brazilian. Jan D. Doba, Miss yeah, Doba, Miss Doba, Miss Miss Doba. Um. And there's a lot of ladies in the middle of that division, too, who, like, fit the bill of somebody who can be a springboard up, right? Like, she could fight Tisha Torres. Uh, I wouldn't mind watching her fight Michelle Watterson. Um, even Claudia Gadelia. I'd I'd watch her fight Claudia Gadelia. Like, any, any of those, any of those women are good stepping stones to get her back almost in that same level of a Mackenzie Dern fight. So, yeah, like it, it's upsetting that she lost to Dern because if she didn't, she'd be like way up top now after these yeah. last couple of performances. But like, I, I mean, she's ultimately she's three and two in the UFC with three finishes yep. and two decision losses to Mackenzie Dern and Carla Esparza. And the Esparza fights on and yeah, they're beef. And Esparza <laughs> was on short notice too, which is right. worth mentioning. Right. Yeah. So I have her. I have Dern. Uh, will be f- as of now. Dern's fifth. And uh, Ms. Doba is right behind her at six in my ranking. So, yeah, so right at the top there. So any of those names you mentioned are are good for good for her. Um, we got this one wrong. <laughs> Chaos Williams uh, beat Matthew Semmelsberger uh, pretty decisively, 30-27, 29-28, 29-28. Do you have anything you want to say about this? Um, I, yeah, I can't really remember even much of what happened in the fight. I remember it was a good fight. Um now the guy really blew me away with anything, but um, I guess it was a good good win for Mr. Williams. Two, two things I have for takeaways. First of all, Sam Ellsberger would have liked to see more takedowns from him. That's, right. that's the bottom line. I think yeah. he's a better wrestler. Would have liked to see more entries, more shots. The other thing I will say is phenomenal screenshot. If you haven't gotten a chance to see it, you can find it probably on Twitter everywhere, of uh, Sam Ellsberger hitting a right hand on – uh, Chaos Williams and absolutely messing up his face. There's a great shot that happened. I'm sure you can find it out there if you just look for a little bit. But uh, yeah, apart from that, exactly what you said. Chaos Williams looked good enough to win. Um, not like I said, this is probably the second most exciting fight on the whole card. Um, but like head and shoulders behind Marlon Vera, Davy Grant. Is the photo on your on your phone, Dan? Is it in your? Well, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. I can send, I can send that to you if you want. Of course it <laughs> is. Better it is I think. I think I might have retweeted it from the Top Turtle account, too. Yeah. If you want to head on over there and follow Top Turtle MMA on Twitter, um, you can probably find it even quicker. Oh, yeah, it's oh, right great. there. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think you were the Top Turtle. I thought the uh, Shockwave was, was the Top Turtle guy. It's really he, you. He, he does most of the work on, on the Top yeah. Turtle Twitter account, but I help out when I need to. When it's up and gruesome, of course, Dan's got to unload off his phone. Um, the night started off so well for me. Um, I got the last three, the last three fights we're going to go through. I got them right, and two of them were were underdogs. So I, I thought we we're going to have a good night. Um, in the chunky guy battle of the night, Josh Parisian uh, squeaked by Roki Martinez, but did he really? Um, MMA decisions. Um, majority of media says he lost the fight. Um, not not a good fight uh, unless you like watching fat guys grapple with each other against uh, sweaty fat guys grapple against each other. Against uh, a cage, I know Dan's into that, but I'm not sure how many the rest of us are, are really into that. Um, but yeah, it was it was a hashtag chunky guy battle, that's for sure. 
I'm a little bit surprised. The MMA media had this one for Roque? Yeah, look, I'm, everyone but two, I think, yeah. So it was like 10 wow. plus, I think, yeah. Okay, in real time watching it, I scored it for Josh Friesian. Um, and, and maybe some of that's because I picked him. Yeah. Um, and, but I do like Roque Martinez. I will say Martinez looked better striking. I just didn't think he had enough control over, like, the sheer volume and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, good on him. Do you think there's any chance they give him another fight? Because he is kind of exciting. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, but he hasn't won yet, right? He's what? Three? He's 0-3. 0-3. He yeah, that's... And it's not exactly... Well, Romanov is good, but he lost to Dante Mays and now Parisian. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's let, not, me, he's... let me pitch you a fight. Because it's okay, a chunky go. guy, chunky guy fight. Would you watch him against Chris Huggy Bear Barnett? Of course, I'd watch Huggy yeah. Bear against anyone, right? <laughs> yeah, those. I I think that those two would be a fun striking match. I don't usually like to match make people who are combined zero and four in the UFC, but I would for sure watch Roque fight Huggy Bear. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Parisian um, clearly lost the first round, and then he started spamming the uh, groin kicks, and I think I, <laughs> that's what helped him get back in the fight, right? He he kept low blowing, uh, which you can get away with multiple times in this sport without a. Uh, having any repercussion. You can get away with eye poking multiple times. You can get away with screen grabbing. You can get away with crotch kicking. So if you are smart uh, and don't have many morals, I would do that as many times as you can um, and just take your stern warning and, and uh, win the fight and get double your money. Yeah, I, I would say the the amount of cheating that has gone away, and I don't mean intentional cheating, like no, accidental yeah. cheating, like the amount of like illegal shots that have gotten no repercussions lately has been really out of control. Yep, but anyhow, I think it uh, went in our favor this time because he, uh, I'm sure getting kicked in the groin multiple times is uh, going to deplete you um, a little bit in the fight, especially if you're a chunky guy like Roque Martinez. Um, Rick Glenn, Starch, Joe Kim Silva, I, I'm blanking out. Oh, it was 37 seconds. I can't even picture what – remind me what happened. That was early in the night. I remember him knocking him out. I can't remember how it happened, though. He hit him with a big – I believe it was a left hand. He bit him with a big left hand and followed it up. Um, okay. And, and just looked like – I mean, it was only 37 seconds, so you can say right. he looked as good as he looked. But, like – Rick Glenn, who now goes by Ricky Glenn too, which <laughs> I, I kind of enjoyed. Like I, I thought that yeah. was a, that's a fun little switch. I, I like Ricky Glenn. See, um, where is he from? Where is he from? He's, he's, he's from, from Iowa. He's somewhere somewhere in the Midwest, right? Yeah, like Iowa. I don't know. Ricky's more of a Southern thing, isn't it? Yeah. Does it work for Iowa? I've never been. I to think Iowa. it works for Iowa. I I think the Midwest embraces a Ricky. Um, okay. Like he's like a he's like Ricky Bobby. Like yeah, Iowa, Iowa would have somebody named Ricky Bobby. Um, you know, if you have two first names, one of them can be Ricky. Um, <laughs> so Ricky Glenn, Ricky Glenn. Uh, yeah, well, like it, and dude, like I felt so good for this dude. He was he's almost been out of the cage for three years. Right. Um, yes. And, yes. And like injuries, COVID, like everything got in this dude's way. And not only does he come back, but he comes back and, like, knocks somebody silly like that. Like, great for him. I, I'm kind of hoping he gets a quick turnaround. Like, I, I would love to see him get a chance to fight again in, like, three weeks. Yeah, he's got to make up for lost time, and he was only, what, 37 Did he even get hit in that fight? 
I don't know if he ever got hit. Like, uh, you might have to pull up the fight metrics or, what is it, UFC stats now. Um, what, Whatever. But, like, I think maybe, like, maybe once Joaquin Silva hit him. Yeah, enough that um, enough that he could fight right away if if need be. So yeah, yeah, yeah getting, they needed a late replacement. Ricky, get, he got hit once. You were right. Um, one well, one one significantly. Um, yeah, that's it. One for two. <laughs> Joaquin Silva. <laughs> was. So there you go. Um, and the curtain jerker, I got right. Ha ha ha! Another underdog, Casey O'Neill. Choked Laura Procopio cold in the third round. What do you think of that fight? I'm going to use this as a case for an argument that I've been making for a really long time, which is people need to stop using people's belt level as a real piece of analysis. Because the fact that Laura Procopio is a black belt going into this fight, and I don't know if you you saw, Casey O'Neill posted on her Instagram after this fight, my coach just gave me my brown belt. And I'm like... Fucking hell. Like, how is Casey O'Neill a brown belt and Laura Procopio a black belt? Uh, Actually, she was a purple belt coming into this fight. Uh, And she looked so much better on the ground. Uh, I mean, I think we talked about whether or not the Casey O'Neill hype was real going into this fight. Like, do we think what she did to Shanda Dobson was, you know, indicative of her skill level or indicative of the fact that Shanda Dobson just doesn't really have all that great a takedown defense. And I think this proved it. Like, she is actually very skilled on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, you know, she looked very good. So um, onward and upward for her, right? Yeah, I, I imagine she's going to be knocking on the door of that top 15 pretty quickly. Only like, 23, is, too, right? I think yeah, she's, she's young. and but But I will say this. This is a part that worries me a little bit. They are not willing to wait right now on flyweights that they think are young up-and-comers, right? Like, yeah, Miranda Maverick true. is already getting big bookings. Um, Miran Firo is already getting big bookings. Like, I, I kind of imagine the next one for Casey O'Neill is a big one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's a very thin division, and they're desperate to for more um, – more uh, fresh meat to feed to Valentina Shevchenko. She's not going anywhere fast. So that's basically what what the whole division is there for is to uh, to churn out um, more fresh victims for for the champ. Basically, uh, well, with every, everybody but everybody but Lauren Murphy. Oh right, yes, Lauren Murphy is <laughs> going to be the next one chewed up by her. That's right, I forgot about that. So so that, that puts a bow on that event. Um, we didn't deal so hot with our picks. We we hit some underdogs, which was nice. Uh, there was. Five underdogs again this week that won. So maybe I'm sure it's just a um, just a blip uh, on the map uh, that we've had so many underdogs the past two weeks, but you know, past two events. But it's you know something to uh, keep in mind. I don't know if it's going to keep up. But you would think more than likely it's going to revert back to the the mean. So maybe we should go go more favorite heavy with ne- next week's uh, or this week's coming up game versus Volkov perhaps. Um, you know, I haven't even looked at, I haven't even looked at the odds for this, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of really weird late replacement fights in here. Um, you know, like one of them being, uh, Tanner Boser, I can't even remember who he was supposed to fight. He's supposed Um, to fight, um, yeah, that's right. He, he got pulled in to fight Ovin St. Prue. St. Prue was going to fight Maxim Grisham and then. That's right. St. Prue was supposed to fight. Right. Yeah. I don't think Boser had a fight yet. 
And then, so St. Prue was supposed to fight at 205. Yeah, I think so. And then they pulled his opponent and gave him a heavyweight instead. So they're like, uh, OSP, don't worry about cutting weight anymore, which maybe is, like, cool for him, but also, like, real weird. Um, and then Kennedy Zuchuku taking a last-second fight is weird for me. Um, so that's a weird one. Yeah, Bozer then, just fought three weeks ago, too. Uh, yeah, like and he was Five he rounds, was maybe three rounds, he was, too. He was pissed and, like, immediately responded that he wanted to be released from right, his contract yeah. on Twitter. And now he's got a new contract and a fight against the light heavyweight at heavyweight. He has and a new he contract, might be the, too, does he? Yeah, he got, he got like, a six-fight contract off of that. And oh, nice. if I'm not mistaken, I think he'll be the smaller guy in this fight, right? Like, yeah. Roman St. Prue's huge. Yep. Uh, so it, it's like a very weird situation. It is a weird card when you look at it. Um, Cyril Gain versus Alexander Volkov is the is the main event, but is there any other fight on here that's really, really um, notable or uh, going to make any noise near the top of any division? I don't see any. Um, the the Tim Elliott Sumu Derji one does if oh, Sumu right. Der- if Sumu Derji wins. That's right. That's the flyweight, um, right? Yeah, right, because okay. I, I don't think Tim Elliott's all that close, but Sumu Derji's like two or three and zero, oh, right at flyweight, right. um, yep. and is starting to build a case. I will also say, while Michelle Pergeris is not the opponent he needs to build himself up, Shavkat Rachmanov is a guy who I've been high on. He submitted uh, Brazilian Cowboy in his first fight. He's finally getting his second fight, so like maybe him, but like. Yeah, apart from the heavyweights at the top, there's not, like, a clear answer of, like, what else is good here. Yeah, but, it, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. We can still make money off it, um, maybe even more money off it, because there may be less eyes uh, checking these lines and, and sharpening them. So we will be breaking that down for you Wednesday night as per usual. Um, and this will be a fight night taking place this coming Saturday from the UFC Apex as per as per usual, and then we have a week off, and then we have Boye versus McGregor three, which I'm sure we're all dying to see again. But whatever, it's good for business. Good for business, so I'm not going to complain. But um, what should I tell everybody to do in the meantime? Listen to Prelim Primer, Dan's uh, other podcast, where he breaks down all the prelim fights on a card uh, with a expert guest every week. Sometimes me. Well. Once every, what, 10 years you invite me? Is that what we're at about now? <laughs> Rough, um, roughly that. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. I, we talk we talk enough now. Twice a week is more than enough. Um, then he's got the Top Turtle podcast where he actually talks to real-life tough guys like himself, um, these tough guys that, that they exchange war stories, and uh, these guys, uh, guys and gals are actually in the UFC. Uh, who do we have this week on the Top Turtle podcast? Um, I, I still don't have him in the can yet. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so, so I'm, I'm going to hold it. off on I'm going to hold off on saying they're officially. I, I have a couple of books that I'm supposed to do in the next day or two, but uh, to to not drink. Actually, I, I don't even care. I, I'm supposed to talk with Isaac Villanueva, uh, who should be, uh, if I'm not mistaken, fighting Marcin Procneo and. Um, Who's the other? Oh, Charles Rosa. Charles Rosa is supposed to fight Justin James. All right, so we got some car accidents, houses catching on fire. Uh, anything else going to happen to these guys? Uh, 
Char- Charles Rosa used to be a cook, so maybe oh, he a could severe, cut severe burn of some sort. Yeah, a problem with the knife. So for sure we're not going to pick these people in their fights. If they make it to fight night, then we're going to go with Justin James, and we're going to go with uh, Marcin Prashneo. So everyone knows if they want to get in early on those uh, picks. <laughs> Dan is putting the hex on Ike Villanueva and Charles Rosa, which is not very nice to him. But that type of guy. And Charles Rosa is a, a mass boy like you too, right? Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I would have to go way back, but I'm pretty sure he was maybe the first guest on Top Turtle like five oh, years really? ago. Yeah, and he's been in the UFC for so long. There you go. Now Dan's trying to end his career by having him back. So um, we have that to look forward to. What else can we look forward to? You can uh, read all our good stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, we got NBA playoffs. We got There's always football. There's the European-style football, too, where they kick the ball. Uh, that – um, is going on. What else we got on there? Uh, horse racing. You'll have my MMA stuff on there next week. Uh, baseball, of course, lots of good stuff. Fantasy football um, previews. So go to the sportsgamblingpodcast.com and listen to all our great podcasts on the on the um, on the site on the app. Actually, you can listen to them on the app. You can get all. You can listen to the episodes. It doesn't just tell you when the episodes drop. You can actually listen to it right on the app too. I forgot to mention that. So definitely get the app. Uh, and you can read, if you want, MMA only, uh, MMA-Manifesto.com for in-depth MMA coverage from myself and Dan and a few other um, hardy souls. So, And then make sure you follow us on Twitter. Gumby Vreeland would be him, would be Mr. Gumball. And I am Juicy Jeff Fox, but on Twitter I am Jeff Fox Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R. Did I um, clean up all the mess here, Dan, tie up all the loose ends? I, I think you got it all. Okay, it's your turn to take us home, so I'm looking forward to uh, some entertainment here. Dan's going to say goodbye to everybody. I'm Daniel Gumby-Freeland. He is Juicy Jeff Fox, and we'll catch you next week.